Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here today. I'm going to be talking about the 49ers demoralizing the Rams on Monday Night Football, what we learned from that. Then Steelers promote Kenny Pickett. He's QB1. Mike Tomlin is looking for a spark. I react to that. And then Javante Williams tears his ACL and LCL for the Broncos. He has done for the year. What does that mean for the Broncos? Moving forward, and we're around officially around the hat or quarter way point through the NFL season so far. It's gone by so fast. Yes, we had a 17 game, so there's no official quarter split. But to me, when I see teams two and two, three and one, four and no, that still feels like a quarter to me in the NFL season. So I'm going to rank all 32 NFL teams with tiers on this episode. And then I'm going to react to the last day of the MLB season, Aaron Judge breaking the record, yesterday AL home run record as well. Great show, a lot to get into. But let's start with the San Francisco 49ers, who absolutely put on a clinic against the Los Angeles Rams Monday night. I rolled with the 49ers, and did that ever pay off? The 49ers, I thought coming into the season, had a terrific roster uh, up and down. Great defense. I thought their defense would be one of the best, top five. And I like the offensive pieces. Everybody sort of returning. Uh, And San Francisco just hammered the Rams. Uh, The Rams last year prided themselves on a great pass offensive line. Their rushing offensive line, their run blocking was average, but their pass blocking was one of the best, if not the best in the league. They had the 85% pass rush win rate, which was excellent. Everybody was healthy throughout the season. Brian Whitworth, Brian Allen, uh, you know, Havenstein was great. But you see the turnover and how that's affecting the Rams so far. Whitworth got that has been huge. Uh, their center has been out. Their left guard uh, is out as well. Their right guard moved on, so they have a new right guard. So other than Havenstein, a lot of this offensive line is new, and they're gelling, and they're not gelled yet. Uh, the Rams, or the 49ers defense, had seven sacks. There was constant pressure on Matthew Stafford. Nick Bosa got in there. He had 14 quarterback pressures which tied the NFL record in a single game at 14. J.J. Watt did it in 2015. And uh, what's his name? Aaron Donald did it a year or two ago. So Nick Bosa joins a league company. He leads the league in sacks so far in pressures. To me, he's looking like defensive player of the year material. He has been fantastic. But back to the Rams. Uh This Rams team, I thought, would regress a little bit. Uh, Not a lot of people talked about this offensive line. Uh, You know, they just thought it would be business as usual with his offense. But that's not the case. It is the Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup show. It's the 9 and 10 show. And that's all they have. Uh, I thought Allen Robinson was a great wide receiver. But he just can't get open. So you look at his one-year of greatness that he has had, and you wonder 
if that one year uh, was an anomaly. Uh, his one year in Jacksonville, where he was a pro bowler, his one pro bowl season, uh, where he reached over 1,400 yards. He led the league in touchdowns with 14 his second year in Jacksonville. Then uh, he kind of regressed the year afterwards and dealt with some injuries, went to Chicago, had a couple of good years, but never reached that level back in Jacksonville. And now he just can't get open. He is getting older. Uh, this is his eighth year in the league, his ninth year in the league. So uh, this ain't the same wide receiver that we had that one year. So to me, that one great year is looking like an anomaly. As I said, he can't get open. Uh, Matthew Stafford then doesn't trust him. And so the only weapons he trusts are Tyler Higby, the tight end, and Cooper Cup. And that's all uh, that they have. Uh, Cooper Cup, 19 targets. Higby, 14 targets. Uh, combined there for a total of 33 of the 48 uh you know, pass attempts that Matthew Stafford had. Uh, Skoranek is not the guy, like I said, Allen Robinson can't get open. They miss OBJ. Uh, I think right now he was he's looking better than Allen Robinson. And they miss Van Jefferson, their deep threat, where he's the one who stretches the ball downfield. Uh, he'll run the go routes, the streaks, and he'll really blow the game open. They had that last year. They had it with Deshaun Jackson. Van Jefferson took that role over. So I think they're missing that is they can't really take a lot of deep shots down the field. Now they can get 15, 20 yard plays with Cooper Cup, uh, whether it's a pass right to him or it's a catch and run in space. But this deep offense is missing that dynamic ability right there. So I think they're desperately wanting Van Jefferson to return. So I think Sean McVay has got to do a better job coaching because he got out coached again by Kyle Shanahan. And now, this is seven straight regular season game wins in a row by Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Jimmy G is 7-0 and against the Rams in his career. That's just an insane stat. The Rams with Aaron Donald, uh, they held Aaron Donald in check yesterday. Jimmy G operated at a high efficiency, much higher than Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford with a pick six. He now again, is in the sole possession of leading the league in interceptions with six, a pick six already, uh, more interceptions than touchdowns. Matthew Stafford uh, looks shaky this year, looks Detroit Lions-esque. And the 49ers, that's exactly what I wanted to see from them. They ran the football a lot with Jeff Wilson. Uh, They created a lot of good holes for him to go and run and get through a defense. He looked great. Jimmy G was efficient. Debo Samuel with one of the great highlight plays you'll see throughout this NFL season. I thought it was spectacular uh, when it was just, you know, a five-yard pass. Uh, Jalen or Debo Samuel makes a couple of guys misses, takes it to the opposite side of the field, uh, puts Jalen, looks like Jalen Ramsey's a deer in headlights, can't even make a tackle or attempt a good tackle, and Debo Samuel takes it to the house. It was a great individual effort by him. The 49ers continue their domination of the Rams. They only allowed 200 passing yards that game. Again, they sacked Matthew Stafford seven times, had the pick six. In the red zone, the Rams were 0 for 3. They settled for field goals. 
which is not what you want. Even though the Rams dominated a time of possession, which we're not used to seeing uh, a 49er team play, you know, 34 uh, minutes the Rams had the ball, and they only had one penalty that whole game, and they still couldn't get anything going. They ran 25 more plays, but this Rams defense, or this 49ers defense, is legit, and they love playing the Rams, and the Rams defense had no answer. Like I said, Aaron Donald was non-existent. Bobby Wagner, his highlight was tackling a fan. He has had no involvement in really any big plays other than the opposing team highlight reel on him. Week one, you had Josh Allen take him for a ride in the end zone. He couldn't bring him down. Debo Samuel trucked him as well down there around the eight-yard line when they got down to the one. Debo Samuel took it to Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey. is routinely getting cooked now. So this defense, which, you know, was a few years removed from being the number one defense, one of the best in the NFL, is now not top ten, middle of a pack, even though they're star-laden. They don't have depth. I don't like the scheme. And the 49ers, who I picked to win the division, still to me, are the favorite to win the division through four weeks, the whole NFC West at 2-2. Two and two. Great win by the San Francisco 49ers. Next on my list, Steelers and Kenny Pickett. Steelers are going with him, hopefully to provide uh, a spark. And I absolutely love this move. I love that Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, said that, you know, he wants to go with him. You know, he didn't really place a lot of blame on Mitch Trubisky, even though he could because Mitch Trubisky has been terrible, uh, to say the least. But, you know, he said we're to turn to Kenny Pickett, you know, in terms of energy to provide that spark. And, again, I love that uh, move. Uh, Kenny Pickett replaced Trubisky against the New York Jets, uh, and he already uh, looked really good, uh, you know, replacing him at halftime. Pickett, 10 of 13, 120 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Yes, he had three interceptions, turned the ball over, fumble, but these are just growing pains, and I did see more of a spark with this team than Kenny Pickett. They looked flat. They looked lifeless. They didn't have a touchdown before Kenny Pickett comes in there. Kenny Pickett comes in. The team looks much better. So I like that about Kenny Pickett. I like the team rallying around Kenny Pickett as well, Uh, and it's going to be tough sledding. For Kenny Pickett, there's going to be some growing pains, but I do hope they keep him in there. And I think with Kenny Pickett, we probably could have seen the Steelers go 4-0. This defense really won uh, the day against the Bengals. Uh, Then against the Patriots, lost by three points. Browns lost by 12, but late touchdown really uh, put it out there. And then, again, four-point loss to the Jets. Kenny Pickett, to me, looks like a better quarterback. You know what you're getting in Mitch Trubisky. Uh, We've seen what he does. We've seen his ceiling. uh, And it's not great with Mitch Mitch Trubisky. So Kenny Pickett is the right path. But it is a brutal stretch now for the Steelers. Uh, I predicted the Steelers to go 8-8-1. That's because I thought I'd start their season off a little better. 
But uh, their next stretch is as tough as anyone's in the NFL. They have this weekend. His first start is in Buffalo, in Orchard Park. That's going to be rough. Then, after that, they play Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Then they have a primetime game against the Dolphins. We'll see what happens there in their quarterback situation. But then they play their in-state rival, Philly. Tough defense and Saints, the Bengals again. So it gets rough for Kenny Pickett. Uh, but I want to see if he keeps providing that spark, the energy that he brings, because I've been loving uh, watching Kenny Pickett play in his limited time with the Steelers so far. But another note with the Steelers is that they're 0-7 in games T.J. Watt hasn't played. That's a big stat because, to me, even though it's a very small sample size, T.J. Watt is the leader of this team, of the Steelers team. Uh, Yes, Minka Fitzpatrick is great. Uh, They have a young receiving core. Uh, They got Cam Hayward. But T.J. Watt, it's the engine that makes it run. And, you know, without the engine, your car dies. Without your leader, your team usually dies. And that's what it looks like now with the Steelers, even though Kenny Pickett, I think, will provide a spark. Uh, they are still missing that leadership and that value that T.J. Watt brings. So I think when T.J. Watt comes back paired uh, with Kenny Pickett on offense and some good wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, I think the Steelers will rebound. Yes, this is going to be a tough year for Steeler fans. Mike Tomlin's going to have his first losing season. You're going to have a high draft pick, though. So hopefully you can get an offensive lineman, start rebuilding this offensive line, get better than, hey, this could be a very, very short rebuild. This could be a one-season sort of rebuild. Last year they were in the playoffs. This year could be a rebuilding year. Next year they could very easily be back in the playoffs if they draft right and spend right in free agency. So this will be a painful year for the Steelers, but I don't see it being a very long, pain-enduring uh, rebuild mode like the New York Jets have endured for years, the Giants have endured, the Lions have endured. So Steelers might catch a break there. Then Javante Williams tears his ACL with the Denver Broncos. What does that mean for the Denver Broncos uh, moving forward now that they're dealing with some injuries? Obviously, look. Uh, Javante Williams is done for the year. They went and signed Latavius Murray to back up Melvin Gordon, uh, brought him in. But they also placed another big free agent pickup on IR, and that is Randy uh, Gregory. Uh, you know, he's expected to miss multiple weeks because of a right knee injury. Uh, they said it was around an ACL sprain. It's still intact. But, of course, you don't want to risk anything with any sort of ACL injury. So, is it time to give up on the Broncos, is essentially the question. Uh, You're dealing with two big injuries here. Uh, Your star young running back out for the year. Your big uh, defensive lineman who has shown some juice and looked good. Is it time to give up on them? Their offense hasn't looked good. Their bottom half in terms of yards per game. And they are 30th. In points, 30th, only two teams have scored less points than the Denver Broncos. Their offense is anemic, it's slow, 
It has no rhythm. It doesn't look good. It seems sort of predictable. I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett is the guy. And you look at Russell uh, Wilson, Russell Wilson, and he just looks average in this offense. Right now, he is just an average quarterback. He's 16. There's 32 teams. So he is right there at average. He hasn't thrown for 1,000 yards yet, only has thrown four touchdown passes. He's been sacked 12 times, which is a lot. His QBR is below a 50. 45 is not great. Pass rating of 90. So Russell Wilson has not had a great year. This offense hasn't had a great year. Uh, I was expecting more for this Denver Broncos team. Uh, when I started the year, I thought Nathaniel Hackett, this is a good offensive coach. Aaron Rodgers' recommendation, it must be good. Uh, but maybe there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers didn't go with Nathaniel Hackett to Denver. Because he could have... He could have this offseason when he was talking about his future is his beautiful mystery and if the Packers weren't to pay him or if he wanted to leave. And he said he and Nathaniel had a great relationship. So when Hackett went to the Broncos, there was all this speculation. Could, you know, they trade for him? They have the draft picks, the allocation. They could do it. But maybe there's a reason why they didn't, uh, Aaron Rodgers you know, didn't request a trade to go there, and the Broncos didn't make a deal for Aaron Rodgers, and they settled for Russell Wilson. Maybe Aaron Rodgers knew Nathaniel Hackett was a great person, but I think deep down, no matter what coach there is, whether it's Nathaniel Hackett, his offensive coordinator, or Matt LaFleur, or Mike McCarthy, I think Aaron Rodgers uh, is a bit prideful and thinks a lot of himself, and he thinks that, hey, it doesn't matter who the coach is here, who the offensive coordinator. I'm here, and that's all that matters. Our record, our team is going to be the same. It doesn't matter what joker you put in here to replace the former guy. I've been here longer than anyone else. I'm Aaron Rodgers. There's no owner, but I basically own this team. I'm the captain of this ship. So that's my theory on that, why Aaron Rodgers didn't go there, especially after seeing this Broncos offense. The Broncos don't look good. I'm starting to give up on the Broncos. I had them, uh, I believe, seventh in the wild card. But it doesn't look like they're going to get them. I did have them as last in the division. And it looks like it could definitely go that way. The Broncos could definitely uh, be last. Russell Wilson also dealing with a little shoulder injury. We'll see the extent of that. But so far, uh, the Denver Broncos offense that I expect to be much better is not looking good uh, right now. They are in some serious trouble. Now time to go through all 32 NFL teams. This is something I rarely do. But that we're a quarter of a way through the season, I think it's good to do an official ranking with tiers. So here we go. These this tier of teams, these ten teams, numbers thirty-two to twenty-two. They're and there's four tiers. They're in the tier of teams with no shot. They have no shot 
to me, of making the playoffs uh, right now. And to me, I gave them no shot before the season started. Here we go. Number 32, the Houston Texans. Why? Why are they dead last? Well, they're the only team without a win right now. They're 0-3-1. Uh, yes, I think Davis Mills has shown glimpses of greatness. So is Damian Pierce. But there's too many holes on this roster. Uh, they don't have a legitimate number one wide receiver. The offensive line is not good. Uh, the whole Deshaun Watson clown mess before the during the offseason provided a dark cloud over this franchise. Yes, they got Derek Stingley and some young pieces on defense, but they need time to grow and they need more. And I'm not sure Lovey Lovey Smith is the correct coach for a job either for Houston. So that's why they are, to me, the worst team. Number 31, the Carolina Panthers. Yes, the Panthers, they are sitting at 1-3. and And this is another team that has not looked good, who some people thought they could be a dark horse. Uh, They could make a leap, but that has not been the case. Baker Mayfield has not been good. He is 27th in terms of yards per game. His QBR is 15. 15! That's on a scale of 1 to 100. It's 15. That is the lowest QBR in the league. That actually ranks 32. That's how bad he is. Uh, Four touchdowns, three interceptions. He has not been good this year. I am sorry, Panther fans. He is not the answer. His offense hasn't looked good. They are dead last in terms of the yards per game. Again, haven't scored a lot of points either. This Panthers team is downright bad. That's why they are number 31 on the list. Number 30, the Washington Commanders. Another team that's not good. Carson Wentz had that first opening win against the Jaguars. But since then, he has turned the ball over a lot. And that's kind of just been his M.O. He's got eight touchdowns, but five interceptions. That can't happen. Their running game has just been all right. They got good weapons, but it's defense. What happened to the once great commander's defense? A few years ago, they were, I believe they were number two in defensive efficiency and yards allowed. They were stout up front. Yes, there's no a Chase Young, but this defense is terrible. Uh, it's not the worst, but by far it ain't good, and there's issues there with the commander's defense. Number 29, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe some of you gave them a shot. I never really gave them a shot before the season. Maybe I was being kind for the 8-8-1 record. But the offensive line is a mess. Quarterback, you know, controversy between Trubisky and Pickett never helps out. And then injuries as well didn't help them. Uh, And this was a team, again, with no offensive rhythm really last year. They won defensively, and defensively they've regressed a little bit. Of course, no T.J. Watt out, but they're firmly down here in the no-shot tier. Number 28, just because they beat them, I'll put them up here, and that's the New York Jets. The New York Jets, to me, are still a bad team. I don't know if Zach Wilson is the guy, if Robert Sala is a coach, but through four games, they looked a lot better than they did last year. So I'll give them credit for that, for showing some improvement. But still, 
Offensively, things are out of rhythm. Uh, defensively, as well, they don't pressure a quarterback a lot. Uh, linebackers aren't great. I think Sauce Gardner is good. Uh, but, again, there's still a lot of holes in this roster. This team is young. They're inexperienced. So that's why the Jets are here at 28. Number 27, the Chicago Bears, another team with no shot. Yes, they're 2-2, two and two, but to me that 2-2 two and two is a little inflated uh, considering that they beat the Bears by three points, and to me they endured a crazy game against the Niners the first week, and they won that game. They could easily be 1-3, 0-4. Uh, again, this is a team offensively that's not that good. Uh, one of the worst teams offensively, second worst in terms of yards per game and in terms of points scored as well. Uh, they're second in that. So, I mean, second to last in terms of points per game. So, with Chicago Bears offense, it's not good. It's nothing special. Uh, their defense has been all right, but the Chicago Bears offense has a lot of questions offensive line. They have no weapons. No receivers, so there's a lot of issues there in Chicago. Number six, the C- the tw- number 26, the Seattle Seahawks. Again, another team that's 2-2, two and two, but feels inflated. To me, it feels like they should be 0-4. The Broncos should have beat them. They had some lapses there because the Broncos don't look good. And then they absolutely lit up the Detroit Lions, but the Detroit Lions scored 45 on them. Put up a bunch of yards. Uh, they could have lost that game easily. But, again, here we are. And the Seattle defense, which you know used to be one of the better defenses in the league, uh, is, to me, not great. They allow more points this year than they have in the past. They're at 24 right now. Uh, I'm not a fan of Geno Smith. There's been some rumblings. Is Geno Smith the man? Is he quarterback one? No, he's not. This is a franchise that, you know, is clearly in the boot of a rebuild. Yes, they got some nice wins right now, but I look at the upcoming schedule, the Saints, the Cardinals, the Chargers, even the Giants, Cardinals again, Bucks, Raiders, Rams. It gets very tough for the Seattle Seahawks. Very very quickly. Number 25, the Cleveland Browns. Yes, you look at their offensive numbers, their rushing yards. They look like a, you know, team that should be better than 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Even defensively, they're top 10. So why do I have a team with a top 10 offense and top 10 defense with no shot? Your quarterback's Jacoby Brissett. Yes, they'll run with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Miles Garrett, bad pair, but you can't win with Jacoby Brissett. And even, I think, with Deshaun Watson on this team, you can't win. Uh, but since Jacoby Brissett got, uh, is going to start 11 games and Deshaun Watson was out most of the year, uh, that's why I gave it uh, the Cleveland Browns really no shot. Number 24, the team that just beat the Cleveland Browns, the Atlanta Falcons. To me, they might be, to me, the most surprising team so far of the season with their 2-2 two and two start. A team I thought were one of the worst teams, 
But they showed a lot of grit. To me, they could easily be 4-0. Uh, they started the season 0-2, opened with a one-point loss to the Saints, and then a ferocious comeback that fell short to the Rams. They lost by four points. But it strung together back-to-back victories over the Seahawks and the Browns. Marcus Mariota doesn't look terrible. I'm not saying he looks great or even good, but he doesn't look terrible. Drake London looks great. Uh, the non-existent Kyle Pitts is worrisome. But Drake London looks good. No Cordero Patterson. Uh, but when you looked at this team, it was mainly about the defense and how bad your defense is and how bad it still is. Number 23, the New Orleans Saints. Yes, the New Orleans Saints, I thought, had no chance before the season started. Didn't give them a playoff spot. Didn't think uh, they were going to be a great team because of their quarterback. You know, I look at their weapons now. Chris Olave looks like the real deal. Uh, but their running game has problems. Uh, Alvin Kamara all of a sudden can't stay healthy now. Not the mainstay, not the Alvin Kamara that we were used to seeing a few years ago. Jameis Winston is not the answer. He's turnover prone. Andy Dalton, the backup, is not good either. And then the defense, they're stout, they're elite. But there's moment of lapses in this defense. Marshawn Lattimore, to me, doesn't always seem engaged. The linebackers aren't great. Uh, so to me, there's just too many issues with the Saints. And that showed so far this season. And then last team in the no-shot tiers is number 22. The Detroit Lions, I gave him no shot before the season. I kind of liked him as a dark horse, but it's weird. They're the Detroit Lions. They have the number one offense in both yards and points per game, putting up more yards and points than anyone else. It's really remarkable. But their defense is number 32 in terms of yards per game. They are dead last in defense in terms of yards and scoring defense so polar opposite you know of what I was used to seeing from Detroit it was usually their defense would let them hang close the offense just couldn't score points now it's the exact opposite the Detroit Lions can't stop nothing they just can't they get run over uh it's it's pathetic on the defensive side uh and again I think it's a coaching problem. Aaron Glenn, I don't think, is a great coach. But I also think it's a talent problem. I think it's a bad mixture. Yes, they got some good pieces. Aiden Hutchinson, Malcolm Rodriguez, Jeff Okuda. Uh, but Amari Aurorier hasn't really been great this year after a good year last year. Uh, their safety, Tracy Walker, who was one of their leaders, is out for the rest of the year. So really gave them no shot before the season, giving them no shot now. So those are my 10 teams with no shots. Next is my limbo phase. I thought they'd be better, but here we are. Number 21 in limbo, the New England Patriots, last in the AFC East. When have they ever been last in the AFC East through four weeks? It's been a very, very long time. The Jets better than them. Uh, Again, this is a team I thought that would be 2-2 two and two right at this point. But here they are, 1-3. and three. Mac Jones is injured. Uh, so they've been rolling out Brian Hoyer. He got injured. They're down to their third string, Bailey Zappi. Uh, so there we go. They're deficient of weapons. 
but I thought they had a good defense. Um, but there's some issues on there as well. It's a young defense. Again, going back to offense, they got Matt Patricia is kind of their looks like their offensive coordinator. I don't think he knows what he's doing. He's never was an offensive guy. He was always a defensive guy. Uh, so to me, it it doesn't make sense. Uh, it's like you know in school, it's you have your teachers for different classes. You got a math teacher, you got an English teacher, a social studies, history, science. It's like telling your history teacher to go teach science. Nobody wants that. I'm not going to learn anything. I'm not going to get anything out of physics or chemistry with a history teacher trying to teach me science, trying to tell me how to mix chemicals and things like that. Uh, that's not a good combination. Uh, that, to me, why the Patriots are here in limbo. Another team in limbo. The Indianapolis Colts, the team I picked to win the division, that is not looking so strong. Uh, yes, they have a surprise win against the Chiefs, which was by far their best game of the season uh, when Matt Ryan did not turn the ball over. But since then, every other other game, he's turned the ball over. That's what he's done, and that's why they haven't looked at it. How about Matt Ryan? You don't turn the ball over. I thought you weren't going to be as bad as Carson Wentz, but you are looking as bad as Carson Wentz. Jonathan Taylor is dinged up uh, to me. That's why the Colts are stuck here in limbo. Number 19, our last team in limbo, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, at one point I had a winning with division. Thankfully, thankfully I switched that so I don't look super foolish. But they're 1-3. The schedule, you know, that they started out with was rough. You know, they have some relief down here middle of the season. Uh, but Derek Carr, again, a lot of interceptions. I thought he would be better. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams, but Derek Carr, four interceptions. Josh Jacobs has been great. It's on Derek Carr, shaky offensive line, and a defensive pass rush. That's gone cold. Max Crosby led the league in pressures last year. Was great. Where's he been? Where's Chandler Jones been? Uh, they need to get pressure to a quarterback to help out. The back end of this defense, which we knew wasn't good, but we thought this front seven could provide them some relief back there. But that hasn't been the case. And that's why the Las Vegas Raiders are 19 and are in limbo. Next tier are playoff contenders. To me, these are people, these are teams that are one piece away from Super Bowl contention. Number 18, the Denver Broncos. I was tempted to put them in here or Limbo, but I think they're a little better than the Raiders, even though the Raiders just beat them. But they are missing something. What could it be? A quarterback? No, but paid him a lot. Gave money out to their pass rushers. That's what you need. They got weapons. Oh, what's the one piece? It's the coach. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's the guy. And that's one that gets tricky because... This guy was brought on with Russell Wilson to be this tandem, but the tandem just isn't working out. And to me, you know, they've got great pieces. Like I said, they got the quarterback, Russell Wilson. They got weapons. They got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. They got Javante Williams. That's the towards ACL, but he's still there. Uh, we'll be there next year. It's not like he's going to be leaving the franchise. And then, like I said, 
Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb, Patrick Sertan, one of the best cornerbacks, Justin Simmons. This was a good roster, but a bad coach that can demoralize you. Number 17, the Tennessee Titans. Can you believe a few years ago, last year, they were the number one seed a few years before that, they were playing the Chiefs in the championship game and had a 10-point lead on them? Oh, how long that seems to go. Uh, but to me, they're a piece away. That piece is a quarterback away. You can't win with Ryan Tannehill. I think Traylon Burks is great. I think Robert Woods is, can be a great secondary to him. They got Derrick Henry, a decent offensive line. Your defense, yes. Harold Landry in town with your sacks leader, but you still got Simmons and other great pieces on there. But the key problem is you won't ever be in Super Bowl contention with Ryan Tannehill when uh, the coach, uh, Mike Rabel, said that he would leave before A.J. Brown leave. Uh, you know, never trade A.J. Brown on my watch, which was obviously a lie. Uh, it should have been with Ryan Tannehill. They should have got rid of that guy quick because he's not that good. Number 16, the Arizona Cardinals. Another team much like the Broncos that tied their coach and quarterback together, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. I don't think Cliff is a bad coach. He's shown signs, you know, that he can coach. They can win games with him as head coach. It's not in spite of anybody. I think he knows the offensive side of a ball. Uh, yes, they've been a little stagnant here early, uh, but they're missing their best wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. He will be coming back in a couple weeks uh, from his suspension. So Kyler Murray obviously loves him. You get him back healthy, fresh, paired with Marquise uh, Brown. This offense will be fine. Their one piece away is defense, and to me, it's secondary. Uh, they really need a true cornerback. Byron Murphy Jr. is not the guy. Yes, they got Buda Baker. They got J.J. Watt and Allen. Some decent pass pressures. They can stop a run on occasion, but to me, they need a cornerback where if the pass rush isn't getting there, you're not slowly getting torched a slow, slow death. Number 15, the New York Giants. They're one piece away. They are a quarterback away. They're 3-1 and one right now. Surprising 3-1, and one, but they're a quarterback away. Daniel Jones is not the guy. There's a reason why he didn't pick up his fifth-year option, because they know deep down in their heart of hearts and their resolve that Daniel Jones is not it. He is not the answer. Brian Dable knows that. I think he's a great coach. He's turned it around to three and one quicker than I thought he would. Saquon looks amazing. Uh, but again, the problem with his team is Daniel Jones. He'll be gone. This team will look much better. There might be some growing things with the new quarterback, but give me a lot of quarterbacks outside of Daniel Jones. Because they got a decent defense now. Number 14, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another team that, to me, has shocked me. They're number one right now in the AFC South. They're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks much better with Doug Peterson. Christian Kirk has paid dividends as well. Better than I thought he'd turn out for them. Uh, James Robinson, Travis Etienne have flourished in their roles. And defense is legit. Uh, Josh Allen is on defense. Uh, to me, they're missing again. Their one piece is either... Secondary help back there at cornerback, or to me it's another 
weapon is another wide receiver for Trevor Lawrence. But this, to me, is a very competitive Jacksonville Jaguar team. Number 13, this might be shocking, but it's the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, to me, the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. It could be the Lambs. Uh, with how weak they've been playing, they're a piece away. That piece is another wide receiver. Is it OBJ? It could be. Could that vault them back up into Super Bowl contention? Because right now they're just not there. Uh, Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford yet again. He's leading the league in interceptions. Uh, maybe they should have a trophy for that, and Matthew Stafford would have a lot more individual achievements if they gave out an award for most interceptions. Uh, but again, two and two is not bad, but they're two Cooper Cup centric, and that's the problem the Cup centric. Uh, can't get the ball to other people. Can't space out the field. It's like if we hone in on Cooper Cup, or even if we let Cooper Cup do his thing, which you usually let happen, uh, if we let him get 120 yards but nobody else gets 20, then we know we're in for a good showing this uh, game whenever you play the Rams. So to me, they're Cooper Cup-centric. Number 12, the Minnesota Vikings. I think they have a great roster. I like Justin Jefferson. think he's a terrific wide receiver. Adam Thielen, nice complimentary piece. Dalvin Cook, great running back. Defense, Danielle Hunter has looked good by Darius Smith. What's their piece? It's a quarterback. If you've listened to my podcast now, what have I said about Kirk Cousins? I call him con artist Kirk. He secures his bag. He gets his money. But when I need him at the biggest spots for him to really earn that paycheck, oh, man, does it hurt to dish it out to him the next day write him a check when he looks as bad as ever. So, quarterback is the issue. They had a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, a Patrick Mahomes on the Vikings. Uh, they'd be 4-0 and one of the best teams in the NFL. Number 11, the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, they're just outside contention. Why? Lamar's been electric so far. He is in the thick of the MVP conversation. Through four weeks, he's done it with Rashad Bateman playing good. Uh, Duvernay as well. Mark Andrews. Uh, running back J.K. Dobbins coming back. But their one issue, their one piece, it's the secondary. I'm sorry. Their secondary is bad. They are the worst secondary in the league. They've allowed the most pass yards so far. Only team to allow over 300. Marcus Peters gets beat routinely. Marlon Humphrey is good, but he's not great. Um, this secondary needs a revamp. Mike McDonald, coach of them, of the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, kind of looks in o- over his head as well. Number 10, the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're a coach away. We say it a lot every year with their roster. Their roster is good. Dak, Zeke, and Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, and, uh, you know, Dalton Schultz, a good offensive line. Defense now looks tremendous with Micah Parsons leading the way. He's taken it to another level. And Trevon Diggs has been a little better this year. Uh, so, you know, I can't fault this roster, but they're a piece away. I think it's the coach. I think it's the offensive system as well. I think Kellen Moore has overstayed his welcome there. And I think they need a new, new more dynamic offense for this team. Number nine, the San Francisco 49ers. 
I love the San Francisco 49ers. It pains me to put them in this category because, I again, I love their roster. I think Nick, Do- Nick Bosa is on his way to winning defensive player of the year. Uh, they have new standouts in that defense offensively. Debo Samuel's a man. But, and I love Kyle Shanahan, that coach. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan has shown tendencies to just choke a game away. Big game, Super Bowl game. And so is Jimmy G. He'll be as efficient, as cool as ever. But in the biggest spots, not just big games, but in the biggest spots, the championship games, the Super Bowls, that's when he falls, you know, smaller than anyone else. So it pains me to say it because I love this 49ers team, how it's constructed, how they play. But we've seen it's not like, you know, other teams where they just don't get there like the Vikings, you know, or the Ravens. They just don't get there, this team. It's they get there, and they just can't do it. So to me, I can't give them a legitimate shot to win it when I've seen over and over again that they just can't do it. But this brings me now to the Hateful Eight. Yes, inspired by Quentin Tarantino, this tier, these are the Super Bowl contenders, the Hateful Eight. Number eight, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, they are a Super Bowl contender. Yes, they are 2-2, two and two, but I love this roster. I love Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler finally showed up for all fantasy owners this past week. And the defense, yes, they're going to miss Joey Bosa, but Khalil Mack, will Joey Bosa return, it'll be great J.C. Jackson. There's too much greatness and talent on this roster for them not to contend for a Super Bowl. I've not quit on the Chargers yet. Number seven, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, the Bengals are here at seven. They've really uh, turned the ship around after an 0-2 start. They're now 2-2. Two and two. They beat a couple of good teams as well. Uh, Joe Burrow hasn't turned the ball over as well since those two games. He's looked efficient. His offense has looked better. The offensive line is slowly getting it together. Uh, and then defensively, Trey Hendrickson, Jesse Bates, uh, Awuzie have played stellar. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a great football team to me. Again, with the Chargers, have a top-five roster, and that's why they're here as a Super Bowl contender. Number six, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, they're 2-2, two and two, and we finally just got a glimpse of what this Tampa Bay offense can do. Uh, scored 31 points, Pat, or Tom Brady, 75% completion percentage. That game, he looked tremendous. They had to abandon the running game early because of the holding face. But don't fear. Tom Brady, with his weapons, is as good as anyone. When he's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, he might be still the best quarterback in the league, which is saying something at 45. But one problem is when their offense showed up, their defense didn't show up. I'd like to see their defense not start from behind. So often I'd like to see them start stronger like a 49ers defense. But other than that, again, this roster, I think, is top five in the NFL. That's why they're here at six. Number five, the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I think the Miami Dolphins are a Super Bowl contender. Uh, get Tua back here, and who knows if that'll happen. They might move down a tier if uh, Tua doesn't come back how he looks. But I think Mike McDaniels, excellent head coach. Again, I think Tua can win the Super Bowl. 
He won a national championship. To me, that proves that he's a winner at at least the highest level in his sport. It was in college football, I believe, with his weapons, with his boy Jalen Waddell, with a Tyreek Hill. His defense, which is good and opportunistic, uh, the pass defense needs a little help. It's a little suspect right now. But uh, I like that. I like the Miami Dolphins a lot, probably more than a lot of other people. Number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, you're here at four or three and one. They just dismantled the Bucks. The offense looks good, but to me, they do get a little hot and cold. It's, they had this cold game like they did against the Colts. They lose 20-17. to 17. Patrick Mahomes, his brilliance looks questionable. And then there's games like this where his brilliance looks magnificent. So, yeah, that there. And then, you like, previous game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire couldn't get it going, and he could get it going. So it really is, what are we going to get with the Chiefs? But for the most part, I think they're really good, especially on offense, even though their defense is just average. Number three, the Green Bay Packers. Yes, I think the Green Bay Packers have a top-five roster. Not a lot of people think like that, but to me, I like the Packers roster. Aaron Rodgers is regressing, but to me, it feels like he's getting more comfortable with rookie wide receiver Romeo Dobbs, which is what you want in a replacement with Devontae Adams. And then defensively, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary leading the way because uh, the defense as a whole hasn't forced a lot of turnovers. Secondary uh, is mildly suspect, but this front seven for the Packers is really, really good. Number two, another team to me with a top-five roster, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, what a great comeback they had this past week against the Ravens. Down 20-3 to at halftime. They scored 20 unanswered points and win. Josh Allen is terrific in all weather conditions and all forms of football. Josh Allen is that guy. Thank you very much. And then the rest of the teams to find Diggs. To me right now, that's to me the best quarterback wide receiver duo. Uh, since Devontae is no longer with Aaron Rodgers, we get to anoint a new one, and that is who that is. So those two are great uh, right there. Defensively, they're stout as well. And so no problem with the Buffalo Bills. Yes, they lost Micah Hyde for the season, but Tredavious White will come back. And some of their defensive backs will come back. They'll play good. Jordan Poyer did. Had a great interception against Lamar Jackson this past week. And then number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, they are for real. How long, how for real? We'll see, but for now, they are one of the best Jalen Hurts. His offense is number two in the league in yards per game. Uh, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Best offensive line in football, I might add. And then defensively, they might have the best defensive line, even though some of their pieces are older, like Fletcher Cox. They're getting it done. Darius Slay, a little older for a great cornerback resurgence, but he's doing it. So there you have it. Those are my four tiers. The teams with no shot, limbo, playoff contenders, and the hateful eight. Uh, we'll see how this updates. This is dynamic, so we'll check back midway through the season. But now let's move on to the last day of the MLB season. Uh, that is officially today. It has come to a close. Highlights of this season 
Well, it has to be Aaron Judge hitting 62 home runs, which was yesterday. Hit the 62nd home run. Break, broke the AL home run record. That was brilliant to see him break that. Michael Parsons was there. Uh, his family was there. Uh, to me, that was a special moment, uh, breaking that record, uh, you know, to join the elite, the Roger Maris, the Babe Ruth. And it looked like Aaron Judge could he even do it after he hit 61, the long break there. Uh, but Aaron Judge, to me, is a, is a special player, is the best hitter in all of baseball, is the best offensive player in all of baseball, is going to win MVP. Who knows if he'll be unanimous or not. I think Shohei is great. Uh, but outside of Shohei and Judge, to me, those two guys are in their own category. And the fact that they're young players is great for the game of baseball. Gone are the days of Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. I'm sorry. Uh, Bryce Harper is not the player he once was. Mike Trout is too injury prone. Uh, we're now in the Shohei Aaron Judge world, and I'm here for it for baseball. I think it makes baseball better. And then the decision of this past weekend was the ALE. It came down to the Braves. The Braves swept my Mets. Very distressing to me. Uh, the Mets still had a chance, but they needed the Braves to lose out. That didn't happen last night. The Braves officially won and won the AL East, which is crazy because the Braves won the AL East, uh, only leading for five days the past five days, whereas the Mets led the majority of the season for 170 days. So this is bitter for the New York Mets. Very disappointing considering in terms of winning percentage. They're the fourth best team, only – uh, there's only four teams with 100-plus wins. They're one of those four. They've been great this year. Uh, but if you compare their first half to their second half, the first half was obviously better. Uh, hopefully they pick it up. It was nice to see Lindor hit a home run last night. Hopefully that gets them going because they're going to need more offense coming into the postseason because it's going to be very hard now to win the World Series. They had a great path that they won the division. Now they got to face the Padres, the Dodgers, and probably the Braves. So it just got very tough and very real for the New York Mets. Uh, before it was, you know, let's face the easiest wild card team, Phillies or a uh, team like that. It's easy, and then we can face the Dodgers after that. Now it gets tough for the Mets. If the Mets win this, I'll really tip my hat off to them, but I don't know if they can do it. Uh, it looks rough. This has been good. This has been unbothered with Josh. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to everyone later. Bye, everybody.